want to mention one guy that I did not throw out in the lower price range groupings, and it was Sam Ryder. Swipe Race Sports, it is your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Edcock. Episode 34. And in the open, you heard uh, Sam Ryder last week. Before we hung up, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned him and uh, didn't include him in the price range portion of the discussion. And that is because he did not have a price because he wasn't in the field. So <laughs> hopefully... Um, Hopefully you didn't play him, right? Yeah. Well, you couldn't play him. So, But that still doesn't mean some of those hot takes and nuggets aren't going to apply this week. And you better believe I, uh, I'm buying up some Sam Ryder shares for the 3M Open. That's this week's tournament. Should be a site for many sore eyes who played at Mirrorfield Village last week. Um... Let's get to it. It's the uh, DK discussion with Kyle Robert. Okay, we're back. I have uh, Kyle Robert here with me as usual. Kyle, how are you? What did you uh, What did you think about the uh, slaughterhouse, formerly known as Mirrorfield Village? Uh. It, I mean, the slaughterhouse carried over to my weekly bets, carried over to my <laughs> DraftKings. Um, I think slaughterhouse was a good good example for last week. Although I did get one thing right, I had John Rom as my one and done pick. Um, my nice. one and my one and dones have been a real wild ride, Bobby. Uh, I pretty much either pick the winner or pick a guy to miss the cut. So, um, <laughs> Paul Casey, congratulations! You are going to miss the cut this weekend. Oh, well, that's hey, that's a good call right there. Um, I was a little bit opposite. My In a season-long pool where I had a one-and-done, it was uh, Mr. Kepka, which we're going to talk about later on. But uh, in DK, I actually, with the lineup that I talked about last week, uh, I had I had a Rom, Finau, and it was Max Homa who missed the cut. It was my only guy that missed the cut. And then... Um, nice. Who else was that? Anyway, I had three guys at the top, and uh, oh, Cantley. Cantley was the other guy as well, and then Sebastian Munoz, my our Munoz guy. He actually um, yeah, he got hot on Friday and and made the cut and, and made some noise on the weekend. Yeah, it was funny to watch that because I was really focused on him because everyone else seemed to be doing okay. Homa had a two under round one. I'm thinking, okay, cool. So I looked at the scores middle of the day Friday. I see. Munoz at minus three for the day. He looks safe as the cut line was going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden I see, wait, oh, Homa's four over through like 15 holes. And I thought, well, hey, just keep it together. And, of course, he finished going in bogey-bogey to go plus four, missed the cut by a stroke for the second week in a row, and uh, missed my six for six. So, um, But because I had those three guys um, of Cantlay, Rom, and Finau, I actually ended up, uh, those lineups cashed, and I'm not depositing this week. Nothing special as far as a big profit, but no depositing. You know what, though? Like, that lineup, it, it, you know, you, you made money, like so that's mm-hmm. great. 
but like it could have been so much better. Like Tony on Sunday was just not good. Yeah, you mean shooting 10 over in the last 24 holes for Tony Finau wasn't good? No, no, that's that's that in terms of what you're looking for, that that's not it. <laughs> no, no, it, it, no, it actually at different points on Saturday, Kyle, I, I, I was having a pretty nice profit that looked yeah. like it was going in a very positive, maybe like a four figure direction. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, Tony, if it's a if Tony, it's a fee now, can't lay ROM like three of the top, you know, four or five, like it definitely had the potential to be you'd be you'd be sitting pretty this weekend. Um, at least you didn't have Dustin Johnson. I mean, Dustin Johnson <laughs> decided that uh, he said, I see you, Tony, hold my beer and went 16 over over the first two rounds. So uh, at least I knew by, you know, Saturday that, that I was pretty much dead in the water. So that was fun. Yeah. No. Well, look, I mean, obviously you were not alone. If you talk about I think I saw a tweet from someone that said it was uh, Ricky combined with Dustin Webb Simpson and Bryson was like a combined 37 over on the first two days so it yeah. was i mean look it was it was a shit show for the most part yeah no and bryson props to bryson like that out of bounds out of bounds into the backyard can't hit it <laughs> off the fence uh 10 like actually ended up saving a lot of uh, a lot of players getting through so uh props to him for just an epic collapse but uh, yeah, it was it was quite the weekend, and Jack uh, really kicked things up a, a like seven or, seven or eight notches. Yeah, no, it was pretty clear. I think by Saturday afternoon that uh, the the greens were just little trampoline glass, and uh, mm-hmm. nothing was being held. And it was really almost like playing a different sport from the prior week for a lot of these guys. So, um, but hey, good for for Rom. That was a great uh, kind of weekend, two rounds to kind of. Uh, just just survive and, and it was a game of attrition for all these guys so um it was nice nice to see him get that win and uh, nice to see me not have to deposit for this week's dk contest speaking of that um just to review the last week's results a little bit of the top 10 millie maker there was one two three four five six seven of the top 10 uh places had i think it was seven or less lineup set so, um, you know, again, you don't need to set uh, 150 lineups to win these contests. You just need to pick six good golfers. I think that's the key. So uh, seems to be the key. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it can be done. You don't you don't need to set those. Um, obviously, you can get more coverage with more lineups. But the key is your golfers have to play good golf. Um, all right. This week, though, we are headed to a tournament that's going to be much different uh-huh. It it is the 3M Open, and I'm thinking what I'm, I'm guessing that you're thinking what I'm thinking. This is going to be a birdie festival, Rocket Mortgage Classic esque, um, and we're going to see more of like the 20 under type tournament uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be very similar to what we saw at the Travelers. Uh, you need to be low, you need to rack up birdies, and you need to score, score, score. Um, and 17 or 18 or even 19 might not be enough to get this done, and uh, so your guys have to be under par. Uh, if you have yep. a even par Saturday or uh, Thursday or Friday, it probably isn't going to be enough for you to get through the, to the to the weekend. Um, so yeah, you need guys that can attack pins. You need guys that can score, um, and you need guys that can go low. And uh, you know, Bobby, this this field um, it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, oh, yeah. I don't I don't even think it gets this ugly during swing season. 
No, it, it really is. Um, so obviously drastically different from last week and even two weeks ago for um, the other tournament, the Workday Charity. I mean, it's it really is. You, you described it well. Very swing season-esque. You're going to see a lot of guys who've never played in this event. Um, a lot of guys who are, you know, in their rookie season. Uh, I think there was, I counted four of the top 25 in the world were here as opposed to 22 from last week. So, yeah, no, it's it's a kind of a motley crew. But I think that makes a big opportunity for certain guys to kind of pop up and maybe get a top 10, uh, flirt with maybe contending that maybe normally wouldn't on a week like last week or even the week prior. So yep. um, um, I was just going to say we really have to not let the salaries of these guys kind of play into our minds because guys that we expect to pay six or seven K for might be eight or nine K or maybe even, you know, approaching double digits this week. And like, we, we can't, we can't get hung up on, I can't pay that for this guy. Like I have to roster the best golfers. And even if, you know, that means rostering somebody who should be bare minimum at 8,500 or 8,800, uh, you just got to bite the bullet and, and make it happen. Completely agree. You got to adjust your mindset. And speaking of all those prices, it is time for the price range game. We're going to start, as we always do, at the bottom um, of the contest. And we work our way up. And we just, I identify, you know, a few golfers from each range. And then uh, Kyle and I kind of talk about our favorite selections within each range. And maybe whether or not we want to even play in that range so and then if, if kyle if you think someone uh, i haven't highlighted is more uh notable and all my picks suck you can tell me that <laughs> so how are you ready to start at the bottom let's do it to it all right so this is 64k and below 6400 um so the names i came up with josh teeter bill haas andrew putnam zach Suker. Hank Lebiota, DJ Trahan, Doug Gim, and Father Time, Tom Lynn. Uh, I am going to do everything in my power to not get this low. Like, <laughs> I, 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 this, this range is terrible. Like, I might do a lineup where if I want to go really stars and scrubsy and, and get some elite, elite options in my lineup, I might have to dig down here. Uh, but I'm really, really hoping that I can't, I don't have to. Uh, Doug Gim is one guy that kind of has my interest. Um, <laughs> beyond there, um, you know, there there really isn't a lot. Uh, like Tim Wilkinson pops a little bit in my model, uh, as does Alex Sheka uh, and Ryan Blom. Like I don't I don't want to roster any of these guys. Like. If you told me that, like, I was playing some made-up, uh, like, college football game, like, if I was playing NCAA 14 and, like, this was, like, the my new recruiting class, like, I'd believe you. Like, I don't I don't believe these are real people until I see them on Thursday. <laughs> no, it's a, I, I know, um, and they're, they're always kind of down here. Um, but I will say this. Um, I will definitely be approaching with at least a, one set of lineups will be Tom Lehman. It's going to be the... It's going to be the Tony, Tommy, Tom core. And what I mean by that is I'm going to go grab Tony Fino and Tommy Fleetwood at the top. And just to bump up that price and give me some cap relief, I'm going to get that minimum price of Tom Lehman in there. And I'll tell you why. I wrote about this last season and this season as well on the post coming out on fakepigskin.com. 
On the Champions Tour, Tom Lehman played at this course eight times when it was um, a Champions Tour event. Now, obviously, the last last year and this year, they've remodeled it in a way where it's a little tougher, a little bit longer in certain areas for the PGA Tour event. But Lehman um, played in this event last year. Going into the final round, he was six shots off the lead. Um, and he has a great history here. He's also a Minnesota native. He's a gopher. Um, this is just a big home game for him. So um, I think it was in his eight starts when it was on the Champions Tour, he finished inside the top 30 six times and three in the top 10. So I just think that familiarity, it translated nicely last year. And as far as the price, kind of how I lay that out, if I go Tony, Tommy, Tom, I get back into that like 7,300 range. And we're going to talk about those guys later. But there's a lot of guys I can make a strong case for. So am I nuts with Tom Lane? Yes or no? I have a hard time rostering somebody, especially when it, you need to score low. Like if it was like last weekend where maybe they, you know, when minus six gets the job done, I'd feel a lot better about it. Uh, but based upon, you know, the points you laid out at, at this point, I, I don't think it's crazy. And if you're digging down here, um, I, I, I'd, feel sure, I'd certainly feel a lot better about him than um, a lot of the other names that are in this range. So um, I wouldn't fault anybody, especially if it means you get to play Finau and Fleetwood. That's going to be one approach for sure. Um, and I like your other um, – I think the other guy that you mentioned too that I would lean towards in this range is Doug Gim, just a young guy who um, kind of came up with that Doc Redman in that uh, amateur championship a few years ago. Uh He's bound to break through at some point, so I, I think he makes sense. Um, do we just get out of here now? Want to move on? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, next range is uh, 65 to 67, uh, 100. It is J.J. Spawn, Seamus Power, Harry Higgs, Russell Knox, and Hudson Swafford. Anyone jump out there to you? I really want to play uh, Harry Higgs this week. I, I really, really do. But... He's missed the cut on three of his last four events. Scuffling uh, a bit. Minus five, minus 7.6, minus 9.9, minus 5.6. Uh, not off, getting off the tee. Not, uh, you know, his approach game isn't where it needs to be. Can't putt. Um, but before then was doing really good, like at Farmers and... Uh, Waste Management and Pebble Beach and Arnold Palmer and Charles Schwab. Like, so I, I'm guessing that, it, you know, based upon his price, like this is the price I'd expect to pay at a better field, right? Yeah. Like I, if this was like a regular tournament, even like last week, like I would expect to see Harry Higgs in this range. Getting him in this range with this field, I feel a lot better about it. And I'm kind of banking on him figuring out whatever was wrong. And kind of getting back to the player we saw at the very beginning of 2020 and a little bit at the end of last year. So, uh, you know, once again, don't don't love this range, but he is a guy that interests me, um, even with his recent form not being where I need it to be. Yeah, and I think uh, you made a good point. He's, he's proven he can uh, compete well on larger events that have much deeper fields. Um, so, you know, again, just kind of ebbs and flows with all these guys. This is the right event maybe for him to turn it the other direction. So 
Um, yeah, he's one of those swing season guys that I think we both uh, liked uh, all season here. So I, I, I like that. Um, I think who may be the most popular in this range because of the Rocket Mortgage Classic performance, probably Seamus Power, I imagine. People are going to really, um, if they're looking here, I think he can be really popular because of how well he played at that event. And I think this kind of projects to be a very similar type of just very birdie, birdie, birdie type um, course where you, you need to pile him up and he's so he can do that. So um, I think him and JJ Spawn, who's been playing a little bit better lately, I might lean towards their direction here. But other than that, um, I've kind of been mildly obsessed with Russell Knox, but it just hasn't been working. His season long numbers look good, but uh, form hasn't been there for whatever reason. So um, one of those guys I always try to make a case for, but every time I play him, it doesn't work out. So I don't know what to do with him. Yeah. The other guy that kind of uh, tickles my interest is Hudson Swafford, but it looks like I'm not alone there. Um, looking at projected ownership over at Fantasy National, uh, he is by far the highest in the like 6,800 or below range. He's 7.5% owned. Um, okay. Yeah, so which for this range like isn't really that much, but considering in this range where there's most golfers are between one and three percent, mm-hmm. uh, to have a guy that almost double that basically doubles that uh, or more, um, it, it definitely garners a lot of interest. But he he has a lot of things in terms of you know um, kind of getting off the tee and and approach and birdies are better. Like I feel like he could do. Um, a lot and you know he was 21st in honda he was 30th at rocket mortgage travelers and workday you know miss cuts so a, a mixed bag but where we're looking um some of that recent form is interesting enough where i may be willing to uh dabble there yeah and he's a guy who um can be really streaky i think he had two wins maybe a couple of years ago almost in back-to-back events or maybe two and three events so um, he kind of has that sneaky winning upside if you're looking at this range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is a corn fairy type field, so uh, winning event, you know, winning tournaments um, is a lot more, uh, you know, compelling and a lot easier to do uh, in a field like this. Correct. Um, yeah, I agree. It, it, the field is just really. I, it's got to be the softest field I think we've seen this season. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so. We're going to go to 68 to 7K. Let's do it. It's getting more interesting now, Kyle. we got Vaughn Taylor, Cage Lee, Chesson Hadley, Adam Shank, Matthew Neesmith, Shinshun Jong, who, uh, of course, was top 10 last week, and Chase Seifert. Um, I'm going to guess, Kyle. I'm going to okay. guess that you're going to say Chase Seifert. I can't do it. I feel like the I feel like the, the bloom's ready to come off the rose. Uh, him and uh, another guy I'm sure we'll be talking about soon Um, you know the numbers and the recent form say go back to him um, and maybe he's just becoming the golfer that he's going to be in his kind of next phase but I don't know I don't know the guy that actually jumps out to me and I didn't think I'd get here but here we are uh, Vaughn Taylor interests me um I'm I'm looking at uh, on Fantasy National. They ha- they do like a simulation model. He pops there. Um, I did 
a, a model with like uh, birdies are better, ball striking off the tee, pops there. Um, I look at him on uh, like bent grass when average conditions, which is what we're going to probably be getting this week. We're definitely getting bent grass. Uh, pops there. Um, I, 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 you know, at sub 7K for a guy that I feel actually somewhat comfortable with. Um, you know, if we're looking in this range, he's one of the um, shortest odds at 100 to 1. Most guys are, are beyond that. Um, so I, I feel good about that. Um, and, and then, yeah, so that, I, he, he would be the guy for me. Yeah, he's a guy who, you know, he's going to collect in any given year a handful of top tens. Why not this week with this field we've already already mentioned um, in just a, a course that any veteran, any PGA Tour level player can, you know, go nuts on this course, right? I mean, it's not going to yep. surprise uh, any of us to see any of these guys like 15 under on Saturday or something like that because uh, I think anyone who gets hot here uh, can run away. So uh, Taylor... I like all, from all the reasons you mentioned. Um, KH Lee's been a guy that's kind of been training lately that I've liked. Yep. Uh, he, he worked out well in Workday for me. Um, so that was nice. Matthew Neesmith, of course, each week, I'm convinced. He's been scuffling as of late. Uh, the ball striking has been a lot more shaky. So I may continue to kind of uh, stay away from him. We talked about Cypher a little bit. I think you made the right points. You're either kind of in or out, I think, at this point. His price is definitely favorable if you're thinking that he is emerging. And Shinjun Jong, uh, for whatever reason, another guy just can't pick on the right week, but uh, he was a top 10 last week in uh, really rough conditions and had some sharper uh, sharper putting, which is unlike him. So uh, maybe he's figuring something out. And this, this, he's definitely a guy, too, who I think can rack up 30s with the best when he's hot. So um, I think my pick, though, Overall, I'd probably go back to K.H. Lee. He's been showing some nice uh, trends lately So, with his approach. So that would be it. I, I don't really, other than that, I don't really have big opinions on anyone else. And I'm ready to move on to where I think I do have some big opinions. And that's the next range. Let's do it. Uh, 71K to 74. And we have Aaron Wise, Emiliano Grillo, Burned Niesberger. Christopher Ventura, Sam Ryder, Kyle Stanley, Richie Wierenski, and Chuck Hoffman. So I'm really trying to uh, limit myself this week in terms of bets, uh, but I do have one outright bet, and that is with Bernd Wiesberger. Uh, he <laughs> is on the card. He um, is the he is a top 30 player in the world, Bobby. Like I know he doesn't play a stateside a ton. Mm -hmm. um, but seems to find his way over here. Uh, seems to play in bigger events with much fuller field and, and finds ways to produce. Um, obviously, with the WGC and the uh, PGA Championship on the horizon, it, he wanted to get over here, you know, with obviously with travel and Corona and all that stuff. Uh, making sure he was already here was, was a smart move on his part. Um, I, I think he has a legit chance at winning this tournament and will definitely find a home um, in a lot of my lineups. If I had to go elsewhere, like Grio is always a guy I find myself going to, but I, I, I just don't know what to do with him. Um, and then Charlie Hoffman, I feel like, is a guy that always pops in events like this. Um, and obviously, 
we've only had one year of data, so we can't really go off of, well, he's made all these cuts and he's done all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just a, he's just a roller coaster of, of outcomes and uh, seems like he's ready to kind of pop a few times here. Um, and, and like a first round leader bet on him wouldn't, wouldn't like, I wouldn't shake my nose at that. So, uh, I, I kind of like Chaz this week as well. Yeah. I like the, uh, FRL bet on someone like Hoffman. Um, I agree. This is a perfect spot for him to pop up a little bit. The one guy is we were, um, hanging up last week and I said, Oh, I want to mention this one guy. Because he had really good numbers from the previous week, uh, and I don't know why I didn't mention him before when we were talking about his price range was Sam Ryder, and mm-hmm. the reason was I didn't mention him when we were doing price range because he's not in the contest. So um, that was the reason I didn't like trust myself that I, I wouldn't have included him. So, but what I, the point I was trying to make with him is um, at the workday charity event, which was two weeks ago at Muirfield, over the weekend, final two rounds, um, he was. I believe it was fourth in approach and number one overall on strokes gained T to green in rounds three and four, and was showing some nice uh, trends. Doesn't necessarily mean it's going to completely uh, lay over to the next event, but um, you know, like we talk about these guys, they're all hot and cold, and it just takes maybe one adjustment here or there for them to kind of click back into things. And so maybe some signs that he's starting to click. He was. 55th overall in ball striking last season and right mm-hmm. now he was i think he's around 80th so you think maybe he's getting back to um his form he had last season when he was a really good value in dfs um over, over most most of last season so i like sam Ryder a lot i think there's a good case for him here uh he can rack up birdies when he's got it going and then the other guy that i did some digging on here Uh-oh. was um oh yeah it's a big auto and um it's a little nervous because I, I haven't, you know, we have these different relationships with these guys, right? Where we, you know, they kind of they kind of come across when we're thumbing our lineups out and going, huh, who's this? And you kind of, do I, what, I've never really played him. Do I feel comfortable? But the digging I did on Christopher Ventura, um, very impressed. And what I mean by that is uh, he's a quick study, Kyle. He just turned pro at the end of 2018. He's really only played mostly before this season just in Corn Ferry Tour events. Now, the reason he got on the PGA Tour is because he finished fourth overall on Corn Ferry stands last year. And that was from only playing in 11 events. By his sixth event he played, he won. Um, and he won two events later, too. He had, I believe it was two wins in his first seven events overall. I think if I got that right. Anyway, I wrote all that in detail. I'm fake fixing, so that'll be definitely more accurate than what I'm talking about. But the idea is the same. Um, he's a quick learner. He's a college teammates of Matthew Wolf and um, Victor Hovland. So I think he's kind of ready to maybe make his own claim as one of these younger guys. He quietly finished T21 at Rocket Mortgage, which, again, I think is the best comp for this type of event. Very soft field, much less difficult course. And a guy who can pile up birdies. 22nd um, on the PGA Tour this season in birdies per round at 4.18. So we know this is an event where you got anyone who wants to make the cut and even contend beyond that, they're going to be having to nail probably five to six birdies a day. Um, so he's shown that ability. 
He's coming off one of his better finishes at Rocket Mortgage a couple weeks ago. In between that, he's played on Corn Ferry and actually done really well there as well. So um, I'm all in on Ventura this week, Kyle. It's DFS, uh, maybe a top 10 bet out there. I'm talking core player um, in all lineups. So it's kind of it's kind of nerve-wracking. It's kind of like a first date. I don't know how this is going to go. But what I do know, it, it's enough there to make me a little bit excited in, in my notes. Um, good luck. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with this guy to be honest. Okay. Uh, because in the bet the betting market he opened like at ninety and it quickly went down. Like it's eighty on my book. I've seen it as low as seventy. Um, his pricing on DK is aggressive. Um, you know, there's clearly some people that think this guy is the next coming of whatever that is. Um, and, the, next, and the, next Matthew, the next Matthew yeah, Wolf. Yeah, and Matthew yeah. Wolf broke out in a big way at this at this tournament last year, and I could see Ventura doing the same thing. Um, I think I, I I think I'd rather take a look at him in the outright market than than DK, um, just because of the unknown and the guys that are kind of in a similar range. But he could be a real difference maker, and all of a sudden he pops to the top five or a top ten or wins the whole damn thing, and you know, it is helping you cash a ton of lineups. So I don't know that I could go in full core. Maybe maybe I'll dabble. Uh, but, you know, good luck to you. And, and, and when you're cashing all your tickets on Sunday, uh, you can feel free to rub it in my face. I will do that. Um, and also a couple other things about him. Fourth in strokes game putting on the season. Uh, that's pretty impressive. And also... He's kind of, it made me think of kind of like a Will Gordon or a Joaquin Neiman kind of too. He's kind of a Norway's version of that. You know, he's kind of, we talked about, I think a few weeks ago when Will Gordon kind of came out of nowhere from playing on the Canadian tour. And then um, just in his first few events was contending on the PGA tour and going, okay. And I think it's just, it's one of those things where it's impressive how he came on in just like six or seven events, two wins on the Corn Ferry tour. That's Look, it's, I know it's a, a tier below the, um, the professional tour level, but it's still super competitive, and it's hard to win on that on any professional tour. So to, to see him do that that quickly, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like a Will Gordon or a, a Neiman to just be able to be that successful that quickly uh, in such a competitive environment. So it seems like he, uh, he wants to take a little bit of that limelight that Hovland and Wolf and all these other guys are getting, and um, I'm on the train. So we'll see if uh, I derail it or not. Yeah, yeah, and I would, I do wonder if he's getting a little extra shine in kind of being priced where he is because he was playing with those guys, and it's kind of the like the overflow effect. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it, if he played with those guys every day, and it, it you know, when you have that kind of competition, uh, it really, it really helps when you go out to a tournament like this. I mean, he, he's playing with Hovland and Wolf and all these guys, and so when he goes out here and he's playing with, you know, uh, Will Gordon and he's playing with Dylan Fratelli and he's playing with Brendan Grace, like how, how how stressful can it really be? Yeah, and I think having those guys that he was on a national title team with that we talked about, like, you know, he's probably seeing them going, wait, hey, I'm as good as these guys are. Enough of this. <laughs> I want to start winning. So I, I'm sure, you know, that, that really helps him. He gives him an example of like, hey, well, if they can win, I can win. So, uh uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try him out. I'm gonna take him for a spin. We'll uh we'll see how it goes. Are you ready for the next range? Let's do it. 
Okay, and um, it is. It's just the upper, mid to upper 7, 75K, 279. Alex Noren, Dylan Fratelli, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, Will Gordon, Siwoo, and Sepp Straka. A lot of um, big price adjustments on some of these names. Is there anyone in particular out of that group that uh, is appealing for you this week? Uh, I know he's been terrible, but Rafa Cabrera Bayo, like I, I, I think this guy is a legit good golfer, um, and in a field like this, I expect him to perform well. Uh, mm-hmm. And his ownership is going to be ridiculously low just because of the way he's been playing. Um, I also like Scott Stallings a lot. I know he wasn't in that chunk, but he's in this price range. Um, I'm not alone there. He's gonna. I think he's going to be decently owned for kind of where he's priced. Uh, but I feel like he's another guy that could go out, pile up some birdies, be really comfortable in this field and, 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 you know, come Sunday sitting with a top, you know, 10 or a top 12, uh, and, and really rewarding those who used him in DK. Yeah. I like the, uh, RCB, um, angle there. I think, um, I agree I think when he after he won the Scottish Open maybe a couple of years ago, it seemed like he was really emerging as like a top player in the world, maybe like a top 40-ish player in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, he's another guy, maybe like a, a Wiesberger, where the only thing that's left for him is kind of to be competitive and contend and win on the PGA Tour, and yep. also and also bigger like major events. So um, as long as he's kind of playing over here, I'm always going to be looking at him. Um, also, I'm like the outright market, too, because I think he has that winning upside potential, especially, and we're going to keep beating that in a field like this. So, um, yeah, I, I like the RCB angle uh, you mentioned. And one guy I don't think I included that I did want to just quickly talk about was Brendan Grace. I think he's at mm-hmm. 70, 7,500, and um, he missed the cut at Memorial last week and was just killed by his putty and that was he lost something like over four strokes uh on to the, to the field on his putting now as far as strokes gains approached on um days one and two i think he was sixth overall um yeah he was sixth amongst the field on days one and two so really sharp approach game he's been really solid with his irons all season he ranks 34th um, in strokes games approach. So this is a place here where, man, is, if he can keep that form going with his irons, I think these uh, he won't have to deal with these crazy greens that Jack put out there last week. Yep. And to your point on Grace, like obviously he was a late ad, so people aren't going to kind of skip over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but gained three and a half strokes at Charles Schwab, gained 3.1 strokes at RBC, uh, only lost 1.8 and gained 1.8 at, at Rocket Mortgage. Um, so this is a guy that traditionally puts solidly enough. Um, mm-hmm. So for him to go from, you know, even if we say his average is between like losing a stroke and gaining a stroke, to get to lose 4.2 strokes, that's a lot. Uh, that's that's a signi- that's, a, that's a significant jump from his baseline. So even if he and he's this is a guy that's had these kind of blips before, um, and, and has found a way to come back. So like at AT and T or no, at Genesis he lost 4.6. The next week at WGC Mexico, only lost 1.2, and then and then gain three, and then gain three. So he get rebound quickly, uh, get stuff fixed, 
putting is one of those things that is wildly inconsistent, even with the greatest putters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm 100% with you. I'm, I'm going to be on Grace this week. Yeah, I, I think he will be a popular uh, play as well for all the reasons we laid out. Uh, let me tell you right now what his ownership is looking like, because I don't think he's going to be used. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that we are going to be able to. Yep, 3.6% projected right now. Um, yeah, he's he's a person somebody's people are going to sleep on. Um, and like Troy Merritt's right there. He's way higher. Uh, Dylan Fratelli's way higher. Scott, My boy Scott Stallings is 12%. Uh, so if you're looking for a pivot in this range, I think Grace could make um, an excellent option. Yeah, I'd rather have Grace than I think... I think most of the guys I even put out in our own little group. Um, uh, maybe maybe Will Gordon's a, a close second. Um, all right, before we uh, move on to the eights, anything to add? No, let's do it. All right, the eighth range, I'm not going to go through the names. It's just the whole entire AK range. Um, so who who is in that range maybe your, your top two favorites? Sure. Um, and I think Brendan Todd isn't playing this week um so yeah we'll we'll jump over him i mean there there's a few guys in this range max homa obviously always garners interest from me Mm -hmm. uh is a guy i like uh luke list is apparently just good at golf again um i i wonder if he's a little alex norini where he's actually better at when the course conditions are really tough and when it's easy uh it's he just it it doesn't work um and and Henrik Norlander like just keeps doing it. I I I don't know what to do. Uh but I you know I I'm all aboard the Doc Redmond hype train this week, Bobby. Uh yeah. I as I mentioned only a couple bets this week got him at 50 to 1. He's already down to like 35. Um Jeez. so feeling good about getting in on that. Uh, Van Ruin is a guy that I want to be excited about. Makes a lot of sense. But I also have this weird, like, everyone's all aboard the Van Ruin hype train. Um, kind of like Rocket Mortgage, where he lost uh, almost five shots and missed the cut. Um, so I have some, some concerns that we may be in store for another Van Ruin blow-up. Yeah, and I think part of the reason maybe people are really on him is his performance over the weekend uh, at the Memorial. And uh, he finished fifth in stroke scenes approached in the field and sixth in stroke scene tee to green um, in the final two rounds of the Memorial. So someone who maybe is kind of getting more comfortable being stateside and playing in these events, maybe that's just a part of it. It's just taking a little bit of time for him to kind of get up to speed with the way golf is played over here. It, it is a little different. You just have to kind of, um, I think the biggest difference is you have to constantly keep scoring. Where in, And I think over in Europe, it's a little bit more defensive. People are maybe playing for pars a, a little bit more. I remember Molinari, when he was really coming on in America and winning over on the PGA, he kind of talked about that a little bit and said, here you just need to keep scoring. And, you know, he just talked about it. There is a different mentality. Um, and so maybe... Maybe EVR is just someone who's taken, you know, a few tournaments to get used to that and just be comfortable over here in general. Um, the numbers really showed up last weekend, and maybe they will translate over. And I, I can understand the, the like, and I'm, I'm going to be one of those people, I think, who was more 
in um, in on his corner this week as well. I also, you know me and my feelings about Doc. Um, they're not going to go away. I care nothing about um, what happened last week. Like I said, that was such a that was such a fun house course that I, it doesn't, I don't really take much away from all of these guys. And uh, Norlander, you said it. I mean, continues to be what the, be- the best value uh, coming into the week in DFS. Yeah, yeah, and even with his price like crazy jacked up from the first couple uh, tournaments in this field, it still might be a little underpriced. Um, and so you might be able to actually get um, a nice deal on him. I don't know if I can go there. I, I feel like everyone's going to be all aboard it, and maybe I'll miss for a third straight week, but um, that's where I am right now. Okay, and, um, you know, there's always this this whole adage about um, guys who maybe they've missed some cuts, but they, when they talk, they're like, oh, it's it's right there. It's close. It's a game's really close. And it's kind of cliche, but they always kind of talk like, hey, really close. All It's going to take one more week, and I'm going to be right there contending. Um, and that would be Mr. Max Homa. And you either believe or you don't. I'm choosing to believe it. So he's going to be maybe my favorite guy in this range. And I think he still has kind of winning upside. And, uh, hey, why, why would he lie? Why would he, say, why would he lie about being close? All right? He is Professional athlete re, uh, <laughs> over-evaluating their talents? I, I'd never heard of that. Yeah, he, he is close, goddammit. I know it. So, um, absolutely, Max. You and me, buddy. Um, I I tried to will it into existence last week. It, it, uh, he was two under, and I thought, that which was rock solid for that course in the first round. I thought, okay, okay, we got it. This is the week. And then, uh, of course, as as I mentioned, uh, I think it was I think it was six over on the day two to miss the cut by a stroke for the second week in a row. But I'm uh, I'm getting back on the train. Uh, all right, I think we beat that group to death. Are we ready to go to the nines? Anything to add before we do that? Nope, let's do it. All right, it is the nines. It's the entire range. Um, it's Bubba, it's Matthew, Lucas Glover, uh, Russell Henley, and Harris English. Um, Bubba Watson. We yeah. talked about last week. <laughs> kind of yep. went, kind of went. You know, this might be the perfect week to go in on him. It ended up being somewhat accurate uh, over the weekend. Also, he was fourth in strokes gains approached and um, seventh in strokes gained tee to green. So uh, just a really nice, strong bounce back performance. I even think his putting was relatively well. So what are you doing with Bubba this week? I think I'm going to play him. Okay. I, I I didn't think I would get here, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I, I think we were, I don't want to say a week early because obviously he, performed much better than he had been, you know, off the three straight missed cuts. Uh, but Bob is a guy that gets hot and plays well. And in a field like this, like he, he's a guy that's won the travelers a bunch in fields that are very similar to this, usually him, a couple other big names, and then a bunch of, you know, so-and-sos to, to fill out the lineup. So, uh, I think he's definitely in play. I think he, in terms of pricing, I think is, is pretty affordable for his level, his upside, his potential, um, and the fact that he's kind of getting better coming in. Um, it, it definitely interests me. Um, and then Russell Henley and Lucas Glover are two guys that, you know, I, I typically pay a lot less for. So it's, I'm, I'm really trying to not let their salaries kind of impact my, my decisions, but, they both interest me a lot um, and probably will find homes in my lineup. 
Yeah, I uh, I agree. Those are those are solid points there. Uh, I think if I am picking in this range, and maybe say I'm kind of trying to avoid any five-figure guys and kind of pivot down to here, my top two would be Bubba and Matthew Wolf, who also uh, had a nice little T22 last week and obviously is the uh, winner here last year. So um, I... I like those two the most. Um, but I guess the question is, Kyle, are, are we going to roster anyone in the five-figure range? Let's, let's talk about that. Who, who do we like there? There's five guys. It's DJ, Brooks, Tony, Tommy making his return, and uh, Paul Casey. Are you playing anyone in this range? Are you playing two guys? How are you approaching this? I love this range. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think there's a lot of potential here. Um, I love Paul Casey this week. I think he, I think last week he had that one hole where things just got really sideways um, and went terribly. I think he's definitely in play. He's one of the third guy I bet. He is uh, my my um, my one and done pick for the week. So he'll probably miss the cut. Uh, <laughs> but I like him a lot. And I'm going back to Dustin. Um, even Finau, like Finau Sunday, like scares me a little bit. <laughs> just because, like, it's it's really hard to mentally get over that. Uh, but I mean, Dustin played the played the first two rounds. He knew it wasn't going well, so he kind of just mentally got out of it. Like, um, if he had been able to focus, like, he probably doesn't make the cut. But you know, he's probably like six under instead of sixteen under, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and you feel a lot better about it. But this is the, Dustin Johnson is made to go low at courses like this. Um, and is the outright favorite for a reason, and I will be playing him this week. Yeah, and um, if anyone's <laughs> you know follow, followed me at all um, over the last couple of years, and they know my feelings for Tommy Fleetwood, and um, I think I just saw a tweet about his um, quarantine activity. If I can find this somewhere, damn it. Well, while you're finding that, I will throw out this. Uh, a lot of guys in this range are going to be highly owned. Uh, Paul Casey, yeah, as of right as of right now, is the highest at 19.6 projected ownership. Uh, Tommy and DJ are at 13, which I guess for their price isn't really super high. Um, but the guy that everyone seems to be sleeping on, or as at least as of right now. Um, is Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. who I think has a very legit chance at winning, I think has a compelling case to, like, obviously he's really focused on majors and wants to win, but he also wants to get in form and play really well for the WGC, for the for the PGA, um, and, well, and he, perfor- he performing. Wants make, he wants to, to make the FedEx playoffs too, right? It, well, yeah, I mean, that, that almost seems like he... He, he pretty much has to go win, win, win to, to do that. But it is Brooks Kepka, and he could totally do that. And at 6.4%, like, he's a guy that people aren't going after. Um, so if you want to go with, you know, Paul Casey and Doc Redman and Lucas Glover and Van Royen and Russell Henley, a lot of guys that, you know, Max Homa, a lot of guys that everyone's going, if you want to pivot off of a DJ, if you want to pivot off of Finau, uh, Kepka could be a great way to go. Yeah, um, real quickly before I respond to Kepka, um, 
pick one of these guys if you just okay. had to play one this week. Bubba or EVR? Bubba. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm EVR. I, EVR is probably the right pick. Um, I, I just I have weird like EVR, e, you know, ejecting, not doing well, not being able to go low enough. But uh, like I've seen the see my thing with him is I feel like the competition and like the tough courses really gets him going and, and maybe that's just a, a thing I'm making up in my mind. Um, but I feel like I've seen him perform really well. Like we saw him come out really well in Memorial and as the cor- course got harder, he played better. Uh, right. You know, WGC Mexico, he was third. U.S. Open, he was 43rd. Uh, the Open, he was 20th. And then in Genesis, he mixes, mixes, misses the cut. Honda, he misses the cut. Charles Schwab, he misses the cut. Rocket Mortgage, he misses the cut. Like, right. if, if he's not being, like, if Tigers and Brooks and, like, maybe if he gets paired with the right group, then he'll go low. Like, if he's with DJ and Brooks or something, uh, I haven't looked at the pairings for the week, but, like, he could do really well. But I just, in, in tournaments like this, where you have to go really low and it's not super challenging on the course, he doesn't seem to play kind of that level to, to win the win tournaments. Well, regardless of the reason why, it's clearly not in your head based on what you just rattled off about his uh, his finishes in certain events. So um, that's interesting. Um, as far as Mr. Kepka is concerned, I, I think you either are, at this point in time, I think you're either in the camp that the knee's a problem and he's not going to return to who he was until that is corrected. Or um, I think you can spin it positively with a few different... Um, kind of sequences he had. We talked about one last week where he missed the cut at work day, but he went six under on his final 10 holes to miss it by one stroke and kind of talked about, you know, a little sense of urgency and needing to, you know, win out maybe or whatever to make the FedEx playoffs. Um, so, but that's a positive kind of window, right? Where it's that upside and that crazy birdie runs, they're still there. Also last week on Saturday, um, he shot one over but in the middle of that round, had a five birdies and seven holes. Um, and you just went, okay, well, he has these crazy runs in him still. It's just for whatever reason, the wild inconsistency in the floors are lower than they have been. Um, and, and maybe, look, like I said, the old adage, it's close. It's right there, right? He just needs to clean up a few things here and there, and he's going to be contending and winning tournaments soon. So I think you're just in one camp or the other. I tend to be in the camp that I think he'll find a way to play through it and, and contend and pr- probably win again soon. But um, it's anyone's guess. Yep. So in that case, though, um, as far as this tournament goes, I really tried to start a lineup with Kepka, Finau, and Fleetwood, but the remaining price was 5800 So it didn't work. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I had to pivot, and I actually um, – a big, a big approach for me is uh, Finau and Fleetwood. And kind of in a more uh, crazy approach to get Layman in there and, and beef up that price. So, do you want to hear maybe one of the more wild lineups? Lay it on me. Okay. Currently, I have um, you know, the Tony, Tommy, Tom lineup. That is those three, and then Homa, Ryder, and Ventura, which doesn't really sound that bad when I say it out loud. Um, and then, if you want to pivot, Kyle, maybe just grab one of those guys. I did a Finau. Will Gordon, Homa, Ryder, EVR, 
in Ventura is more of a little balanced lineup there. Um, your thoughts? I like it. I, I, I really like starting. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not on the Fleetwood this week. I'm I'm just I'm not going there. Um, I, you know, we haven't seen him play, and that could that could be silly on my part. But I'm either going up to Finau or down to my guy Paul Casey. Um, so that that's where I'll be. I love starting with either DJ or Brooks and then getting either Finau or Paul Casey in there and then kind of going from there. Um, and obviously if you go like Brooks and Casey, you know, that's a good kind of mix of ownership. And then you can find some, some, some salary later. Uh, if you do like a DJ Finau, obviously if you're more comfortable getting into that six K range, like there was a couple guys that we liked and, uh, you know, dipping down there, you'd have to do that, but there is potential. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's all about build this week, but I really want to get two of the elite guys and then figure it out from there. Yeah, I, I agree. I like that. I, I think definitely probably going with one or probably two from this range. Um, I want to, I want to make sure I have the winner, right? I think that's probably yep. the biggest key to cashing. Having Ron last week was key for me. Um, so I was just going to say having DJ, uh, when he dominated was so key because even, Though I didn't have a 5 of 6, I didn't have a 6 of 6, but I was still able to cash because I had the winner and because when they're scoring like they're scoring to win a tournament like this, um, you're racking up uh, DK points. Yeah, I agree. So I, I want the winner um, for sure, and that's kind of where I'm targeting Finau, who again, uh, I placed my outright bet on him last week at 65 to 1. That was very, uh, very tough to watch go down the drain. Um, yeah. I do like going back to him this week, though. Yeah, no, uh, I'm no hesitation. I, I, I know he's fourteen to one, but uh, and I don't like usually dipping that low. Uh, but in, in terms of the outright market, I it just it just it we'll have to see how much Sunday meant uh, to his head. And I want to look at the the tee times because if he's teeing off later in the day, uh, he might be a. I let the tournament start, then I bet him before he actually tees off, and maybe I get a eighteen or a twenty instead of fourteen. I like that. And just, for, just to be clear, it never happens. Sunday never happened with Tony. Just forget it. Okay. He needs to forget it. I was just gonna say it's like a, it's like a good cornerback. You know, you, you got to move on to the next play. You can't, can't worry about the touchdown you just gave up. You got to come back out and, and, and be ready to go again. Yep, that never happened. And uh, as far as Tommy goes, um, and it, it is my weekly ritual of placing outright bets on Tommy and Tony because they still have not one on the PGA Tour, which seems crazy, but uh, it's true. Now, now I know Fino has the Puerto Rico win, but it's kind of, eh, you know, I guess. Yeah, well, and there's a there's a run of, like, people winning the Puerto Rico and never winning anything again. Um, <laughs> Victor Hovland's in that boat, too, so uh, it, it, it is a little concerning. The, the, the Madden curse of the PGA Tour. Um, right. And uh, so the, the Tommy tweet, this is from Brian Wacker. He is a Golf Digest reporter. Tommy Fleetwood's quarantine was better than most. Two weeks in the Hamptons and played Shinnecock National Friars Head. So, um, hey, he's been over in the States living the good life, playing some of the best courses in the world. Uh, no hesitation for me and my Tommy this week. Yeah, assuming he hasn't been drinking and eating and doing all the other stuff. Uh, along with it, but yes, if he's been working hard and ready to go, uh, Tommy, Tommy Elitewood is, uh, one of the best golfers in the world, so he could absolutely do it. Uh, I have one question before we get out of here. 
Do yeah. you want to hear this week's Millie Maker winner? Because I, 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 I just I just did it. I would love to. Does it involve Max Homa? It does not. So that's we're starting we're starting positively. No Max Homa, no Eric Van Royen. Uh, we're starting at the top. We are gonna pair them. We are going Dustin Johnson. We are going Paul Casey. Uh, from there, we go. We're going to field the bend with Bund Visbaga. Uh, we're going Brendan Grace. We're going Hudson Swafford, and we are going Vaughn Taylor. Uh, it may not feel good to be two seven thousand to six thousand. Uh, but I feel like that could be the di- uh, a point of different, you know, a way to be different this week, especially because Casey's going to o- garner so much inter- uh, ownership. Yeah, Kyle, I, you may have. Uh, we're going to disagree at the top, but it'll be fun to see like who, like my Finau and Fleetwood both miss the cut. That would be great. Um, but uh, I, I think you may have talked me into um, definitely persuaded me on burned. Uh, He's got he's got some good upside here, I think, in this event. So it's just a matter of time for guys like him to kind of break through on this tour. So uh, definitely a guy I've been watching uh, for for a while. Um, but uh, look, we did it. We got through the field. We bat, we have our million maker plans. Like every week, we've convinced ourselves we're going to be millionaires uh, by Sunday yep. afternoon. And we will stay in the same house as Tommy Fleetwood and play all those courses. Absolutely. Uh, but this was. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, and good luck to you. Yes, absolutely, and know that we have WGCs and the the PGA Championship, so don't go crazy on DK or uh, on your books if uh, you want to play those as well. Yeah, a major championship in, in two weeks, correct? I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for it. Um, I was hoping to be at Harding Park. Uh, I had passes, but obviously because of current situation, that won't be happening. Uh, but I will be comfortable on my couch, and I will enjoy all four rounds. Yeah, we'll potentially have, what, Major League Baseball, NBA, and a major golf major going on? Is that correct? And hockey and uh, the allure of football around the corner. Uh, things are starting to maybe be a little brighter. Now, Kyle, I, I did want to ask um, because I've been doing really, really doing really like loving doing the college football DFS last couple of seasons. Um, should I be concerned? Yeah, totally. hundred percent. If you had to um, make a guess, what, what are like 60, 40 happening less than that? Uh, no, I would say like 75 or 80 happening and and the closer we get to it the the more i'll probably get closer to that like 60 65 percent um okay i i'm feeling better than i was a week or two ago just seeing how well the nba um has kind of handled things and the you know maybe seemingly extreme measures but they're tested over 350 players and there was no there was no uh there was no positive tests, so that's a good mm-hmm. sign. So if they can kind of use that as a um, kind of guide and, and kind of use their use their sport the same way, obviously more players, more potential, uh, more chances someone goes off the reservation. Uh, but if they do everything right and they follow the guidelines, uh, I feel pretty good we'll have football. Now, I don't think anybody will be in the stands. It's 25, 30, 40 percent, whatever. Uh, talk seems a little aggressive, but uh, you know, if, if everything keeps trending the right way, who knows? I think, and don't quote me on this, um, 
I think just before we got in here, there was something about Texas Longhorns saying they're planning for like half capacity in their stadiums. And I, I think that's what it was. It was definitely something yes. in Texas. Definitely yes. something Te- in Texas. Te- Texas, Florida, and Georgia, the places where we have seen the uh, most cases. That's that's definitely where we need to have more people in the stadium. I, uh. I, I, I just, it is part of it where like, it's very clear that the, the people in these states just, they, they, and I'm not, it's not nothing not, it's right or wrong or anything against it. They just really don't care. to a certain like not like other places do like where i'm at it was you know utter utter lockdown and uh but anyway (laughs) i don't we don't need to get into all that but uh (laughs) i am a little bit more worried uh about college football but i'm remaining hopeful i'm just going to kind of wait and see it depending on maybe what you read or who you listen to it's the, the the opinions are so varying every day about no chance or no it's going to happen and then you have certain schools posturing the way they do about oh yeah we're going to have stand, fans in the stands and other places no. going we don't see how it's possible and it's just so it's all over the place. yep uh, I'm just going to keep my head down and hope that we get it I'm going to remain the eternal optimist that I try to be um, and you know as long as uh, even if you know they're not making money off the of concessions and the tickets uh, the live rights are, are so valuable that a lot of these schools are going to hopefully do the right things to to ensure that we get games this this season so fingers crossed uh i hope to be reading your work because it really helped make me money on on dk last year and uh i'm excited for this weekend's tournament yes let's uh let's just before we eat the football let's just become millionaires Uh, i'm i'm ready i'm ready to rent out a house in the hamptons and play some golf (laughs) all right we'll see you next week all right take care God bless Texas. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, th- if this isn't covered anything, you know, the I don't want to say there are even political differences, even though they kind of end up that way, but it's almost like cultural differences on how people approach and react to this thing and where some place like Texas just, look, it's not just their leaders, it's the people. They just give zero fucks. And... Um, at the same time, we do need groups of people that are willing to try and attempt things. They may not work, and they may not be able to pull off anything, whether it's college football or the NFL, but you do need people that are willing to try so we can figure this out. So, um, hey, I'm, I'm all for it, and that's not just about business or sports. That's just life. You know, how do you, how do you know if something's going to work? Well, you don't really know. You got to try stuff. So we're going to try to become millionaires at the 3M Open. And I wish us and all of you good luck. Thank you for listening. Download, subscribe, rate, review, follow Graham at SportsPodHookup. Uh, same on Twitter. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.